Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. That's the second time it's gone off. Never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those, those boys. That's... Yeah, <laughs> they have asked for that, really. Uh, you can laugh. I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. Okay, okay, okay. I think it is important to come clean here for the record right at the top. Yes, I did consume a cocktail of drugs last night in order to make it through the 90 minutes of Ireland against Georgia again. <laughs> Some uppers, the odd downer, a few screamers, one or two laughers. <laughs> but they were all... All of them, every single one, covered by TUEs. Well, uh, most of them. I don't know. I, my agent looks after. What am I supposed to do? Check my emails every time Ireland embark on a new qualification campaign just to see what I am and what I'm not allowed to take to see me through all the games? Just to get through this. <laughs> a lot of that Shambles. stuff goes into the spam folder. Mm. You know, when you hear it, when, when it's, it sees anything to do with prescriptions or drugs, it, it will often end up in that folder. Exactly so. Who am I to blame? Who you got through blame? anyway, Owen. Got through. Ring that bell. Ring that bell there. There we go. Bonus podcast today. The whole country can't even begin to think about their weekend until they've heard us dissect last night's match Jeez. minute by excruciatingly boring <laughs> minute. Listen, we, should, we should probably set a time limit on it because, I mean, we could literally stay here for hours talking about just just how good Well, here's was. a time limit of 90 minutes because we're going to take it minute, oh, minute, minute, right, one, okay. minute one, Ken. Game kicks off. Game kicks off. Shane Long, uh, quickly into the press. Uh, <laughs> Chasing down the right back, I think it was, in the first one. I thought, oh, there's Shane Long, you know, he looks up for it. It's probably his God, best moment of the match. Tonight. He's tuned in tonight. <laughs> he's at it tonight. He's on it. Um, uh, it was really, really shocking game. Yeah. Terrible. But does it matter? No. Uh, it, uh, it doesn't matter in the sense that it's, it's, the kind of, it's the kind of horror that you can move on from. You can just box it away, stick it in a little used cupboard of the mind palace and try not to think about it again. But, you know, it, it's not just always about the results. There's, there's also supposed to be a kind of concern about the process. You know what I mean? If I, if I can, for mm. instance, if I can maybe go a little Jim Gavin on you. Yeah, it please, sounded like that. Right, but the process is, uh, is uh, by which I mean, uh, the difference, okay, you, the result is three points. I mean, it's it's it, the result is kind of almost a binary thing. Good result, 
not good result. Mm. You know, and last night the result was good. But the performance is another thing that you also have to think about. And the performance doesn't matter in terms of your points or your uh, possibility of going to the World Cup in, you know, in the direct sense. But if you play that badly, you don't go to the World Cup. You know what I mean? You, you, it's not going to happen. Mm. Like against the, a team, a, a better team than Georgia. Georgia were, Georgia dominated possession last night. Even against Georgia, it was a risky business, let alone against a better team. You Absolutely. Know? And the players themselves. Yeah, the, the, the possession stats somewhere around 55%, maybe even a little bit more. Different. It was 55-45 at the end of the game. Yeah, Yeah, I did see BBC giving it as 57-43. You know, I mean, different companies give it slightly different. But either way, that's a yeah. fairly clear-cut advantage. I was going to make a point about how Ireland often play terribly against, say, the fourth or fifth best team in every group at home. That game is almost guaranteed to be a stinker because we're not very good at breaking these, breaking poor teams down. But then, the more you think about it, we got dominated in possessions. I mean, you yeah. can't even say that, you know, they, oh, they didn't even come to play. Yeah. You know, the, the, like they had no interest in, in, in coming out and, and, and trying to force the issue. Like they did six attempts to two in the first half. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know you can't even create, you can't even have that kind of argument. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, oh, I, and it's it's kind of depressing because I mean, I know, say for instance, Damien Duffy had a big, um, he was very angry when he saw the team. Obviously, there was no Wes Hoolan in the team. You know, we we were talking about it yesterday, and we pretty much thought what the team that we thought was was pretty much the team. It was in, instead of Kiel Roche, it was he went with Clark, um, but otherwise it was pretty much as we had expected. Now. I can see the reasoning behind that team selection. You know, it seems it's it, it makes sense, in my opinion, to have to build your midfield around Hendrick, Brady, and McCarthy because they're probably our three best all-round players in midfield. Wes Hulin is probably our best technical player, but O'Neill obviously thinks Hulin is small, old, and isn't going to be around for, for much longer. I mean, this is this is obviously. I mean, O'Neill didn't wasn't was Lubo Moravchik at Celtic when O'Neill was there? Did he have the the end of the of Lubo Moravchik's career? I mean, it's possible to to still be a quality player and make you know big contributions at, at you know thirty five, thirty six for certain types of guys. You know, certain certain guys uh, who who don't you know get fat or get injured can still. You know, what I'm saying is, Wes Hoolan could potentially still be a good player for Ireland. If they did get to the World Cup, he could, I think. But O'Neill seems to be thinking, well, he might be. But realistically, these guys are the future of the next few years of the team, and they're the ones I'm going to go with. And okay, I, I think that's, I, th- I actually think it's fair enough. Um, but last night they completely failed. You know, the, Brady and, and Hendrick just didn't, they weren't able to run, they weren't able to control the game in the, in the way that O'Neill was hoping for. I mean, McCarthy's supposed to help with that as well but you know these are the creative players in the team these are the ones who are supposed to make things happen for Ireland on the field and they just didn't do it I thought Brady had started reasonably well he put himself about he won a couple of tackles and he got on a little bit of ball maybe like your very first impression of Shane Long <laughs> the first few seconds I was thinking geez Brady could be on this tonight unfortunately the night ended horribly for him uh, with that really sickening head clash but yeah, in general, he didn't get on it. Dunphy, just while we're on it, Dunphy's issues weren't just around Wes Hoolan this time. He, it's like he's bored just picking on that one topic, although he continued to pick at it. Mm-hmm. He made a great play in in making John O'Shea's absence into a massive deal. John O'Shea, who 
a lot of people were expecting would probably retire from international football. John O'Shea, who was dropped during the European Championships. Mm. He, he, who so, I think has played three games for Sunderland this season. Yeah, I don't know. He decided that this was some massive... No, no one's doubting John O'Shea has been a superb player, but he's mm. very much at the tail end of his career at this stage. And Glenn Whelan was suddenly his cause celeb. You're not. You're, you're actually. Not oh yeah, he said Glenn Whelan should have been in there instead of James McCarthy. He said McCarthy. So the player who's considered a waste of space, a waste of space by Eamon Dunphy, should a have been Ferrari in a Ferrari driving fraud because whatever, <laughs> whatever it was, something along those lines. A fleet Ferraris. To, to judge by it, it, should actually mean that James McCarthy should be replaced by no one. Yeah, it should be play with ten. Play with ten in that situation. McCarthy- if James McCarthy's not doing the job, and Glenn Whelan is the answer, then. By judging by previous utterances, it sh- we should be playing with ten men. Ah, you can't judge by previous utterances, to be fair. M- McCarthy's British consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. McCarthy's fitness was the issue for Dunphy. The fact that he hasn't played any games, mm. as opposed to Dunphy suddenly having a conversion with regards to the ability of Glenn Whelan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and that I, th- I I don't think McCarthy looked sharp. You know, I mean, and he was, but he wasn't alone. There were players who've played a lot more games than him this season who who looked bad last night. Uh, I mean, the entire forward line looked terrible. Um, okay, Shane Long has actually been, you know, a kind of marginal figure in the Southampton team, but you know, McLean McLean started to come good in the second half, particularly when he started getting into the six yard box and heading the ball powerfully at goal or at the woodwork. Um, I mean the the disallowed goal he scored was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. It was it was upside. Uh but it was fantastic. He, go, he ghosted into a yard of space there. Well the space was offside. Yard of offside space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and but I mean, talk about planting a header, a diving header was brilliant. And then the second one off the crossbar also great. Uh I mean, he's he's good at he's good at heading the ball. You wouldn't see you wouldn't see Robert Perez putting away that kind of disallowed goal. He unfortunately did balloon a left-footed shot, cutting in off the right-hand side. Comfortable 20 feet over the bar. He was the... going to make it to the premium level, actually. <laughs> yeah. He missed, missed by about five yards. You take the rough with the smooth. Yeah. But, you know, if if in a situation where your midfield, as our midfield, was, is, not, is not controlling the game, is not really providing a steady supply of passes in good positions or, you know, helping the team to kind of move up the field and attack as a unit, then hopefully one of your attacking players, one of your forward players can do something one-on-one. Maybe James McLean gets the ball and beats his man and puts in a good ball. Maybe Shane Long, um, you know, he had the chance to kind of pass it to McLean. He kind of rushed it. Remember, it was quite early on in the game. He kind of, he, he the central defender, number five, miscontrolled the ball. Shane Long ran in. Uh, ran into the box, actually had more time than he than he thought, but tried a real quick pass inside to McLean, who was blocked immediately. You know, there was no, all they needed to do was just, it's like, we're two on one. Like, mm. we're, we're two on one here. The goal is right there. This is going to be an easy goal if we just see where the defenders are. Where's the goalkeeper? Where's the defender? Okay, you run there, I'll pass it to you. Goal. That's what Neymar and, you know, Luis Suarez would do. Uh, not everyone is at that level. James McLean and Shane Long last night. No. Uh, Walter's barely in the game. You know... Uh, I think it, he got into it as a progress, as they all did, really. Mm. But certainly in the first half, he wasn't in it. No, I mean, I'm really talking about the first half. In the second half, once Ireland scored, then Georgia... It, that was kind of it from them. They kind of died then. Mm. They they just dropped back and it was, it was it's over. As, it's almost as if they'd never seen Ireland play. You know, Ireland go 1-0 up and Georgia's go, wow... Listen, these guys, 
They're past masters at closing out mm. narrow, undeserved one nil leads. Well, what's, we are, the, what's, what's even the point? Well, we what's, are against Georgia. <laughs> what must the Georgians think of us? Imagine what it would be like to have a country that you play. You seem to play all the time. You seem to just play these guys all the time. They're on the opposite end of Europe from you, and they always beat you in a terrible game by one goal. I mean, we, we you know what we kind of think of Georgia. The heart sinks mm. when you hear, oh, it's Ireland against Georgia. The heart does sink a little bit. And, and we're, we're the ones winning these we games. We win them. We, we win every time, 1-0. And we still kind of, oh, God, I don't know about this. I just don't know if I can get myself up for this, for this Georgia game. And then we win. So what must they think of us? Oh, misery. The pebble in the Georgian shoe game. <laughs> Unfortunately, the players seem to have that outlook yesterday. They didn't look like they were too up for it, Ken. To simplify this analysis grossly in the first half, they didn't look like they were a team playing a match. That was that, part of the World Cup. Not just part of the World Cup. Like, like any game that could potentially scupper their chance of qualifying for the World Cup if they drop points. Yeah. You know, if we had even just drawn last night, it's backs against the wall after just two games. Got away with it, all right. But surely we, at this stage... Like I know talking to you at the end of the Euros, you seem quite confident that players now had that major championship experience. Mm. They, they There was certainly a spirit about the team. There was an identifiable way, it seemed, of going about playing against usually superior opposition at, at the major championships. And that this should all bode pretty well for this campaign. Where were all those players who should be leading things mm. the other day? Why were, surely there are th- we should have three or four players at this point who are big enough to make sure that that doesn't happen. Okay, we can play not particularly well, but make sure a half as abysmal as the first half yesterday just can't happen because that's an attitude problem as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it is because the players I was really talking about are are mostly Brady and Hendrick. You know, in terms of these are guys who played really well at the Euros and who you think have the quality to be serious players at international level and to make Ireland a kind of a formidable prospect. And they're not they're not the only ones, but they were maybe foremost in that group. And they were the ones who who just didn't deliver. You know, I mean they 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 were the they had to play for Ireland to play well, they had to play well. And it didn't happen. You know, I'm not I am not i am not I don't even really mean to criticize them that harshly. I mean they're still kind of young well youngish players. But you know, what we saw was that we basically can't rely on them at this stage. They might do it. They might do it. You know, in the Euros, uh, the Euros, Hendrick in particular was just brilliant. You know, he, he was just so good. You know, the ball come to him. I'm talking, I'm not, I'm not even talking, you know, he nearly scored a couple of goals. You know, he, it's just more the quality that he showed on the ball consistently. You know, being able to take a pass from whatever angle, control it and give it to an Irish player. He was just cons- so good at doing that, that you could, that he could have been playing for, you know, Germany in that tournament. He really good. Uh, last well, night. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're you're obviously absolutely right. Last night was terrible. But I mean, at the same time, like the Serbia game was also terrible in loads of ways, but when we needed to we need when we needed to up it against Serbia, we actually were capable of doing that. Mm. And I mean, you know, sufficient unto the day whatever the hell the rest of that phrase is. <laughs> but I mean, like we're sitting here talking about you know, playing bloody Georgia again. I mean, I think that that does kind of seep down onto the onto the players, yeah. you know? And like, okay, so we play, had an absolutely awful first half and eight minutes later, we're ahead. The Georgians don't play at all. You know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm basically trying my best to write it off just as a terrible, oh, yeah. as, you know, as just a bad day. You know, like Johnny Walters was terrible, yeah. you know, and like that never happens, to be fair. If you're talking about leaders in the Ireland team, like Walters has stepped up a million times. So, mm. I mean, I... I 
you know, I would actually be happy enough to just write it off. I mean, obviously, if we play as badly as that against Moldova at the weekend, I mean, there's even we'll a chance. we probably still win because Moldova aren't as good as Georgia. Um, yeah, but we're away and we have, you know, injuries and suspensions to the players that, you know, like like our two leaders, yeah. Brady and Hendrick, are both not going to be playing more than likely. So, mm. I mean, you know, th- that's that's obviously a big problem. But, I mean, last night was terrible, but I'm I'm, I'm not willing to say just just yet – we can't depend on these guys yet because, mm. you know, we still won the game. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did absolutely. That's that's ultimately. Yeah, we did get away with it. But you, you can't play like. I mean, it is, it is a bit frustrating. It well, it's it's a bit frustrating with Ireland how um, they consistently just match what yeah. the, the opponent is. If the opponent is strong, they can often get up to that level for patches of the game. Yeah, it's usually a close game. Uh, and if the opponent is weak, they go down to that level, and it's and it's a close game again. There's never a sort of, oh here, you know, welcome to hell. Yeah, uh, here we're, you, yeah, we're quite a reactive team in that way. Here you are on the on the western periphery of Europe in this chilly October night, and you are going to get a football lesson that you will remember. Take this back to Georgia, and <laughs> you know, spread the word. This is how the game is played at the top level in 2016. <laughs> that that just never happens. Uh, it's always just, oh God, please, Jesus, can we, can we please give us a goal? My God, well, and eventually weirdly, the goal was like a miracle. Yeah, weirdly against Bosnia in what should have been the most high pressure game of all. After we'd done the hard work of getting to the playoffs, getting a draw away from home, we actually were reasonably comfortable in the playoff game last year. Yeah, you know, we actually played quite well. Looked look like we were playing yeah. against a team who were a vaguely similar level to us, but we we pushed we it played, on a couple yeah, of matches. Played, yeah, we played a level above we, Bosnia. That so time. we are able to do it from time periodically. But like you're saying, maybe the same way you can't depend on Hendrik and Brady just yet. You, I take your point. You can't be certain of them that mm. they're going to deliver every single time. You, that could be said of the team that it is in them, but for whatever reason, it's not coming out mm. in all these games. Uh, like you know. Worst case scenario was if one of those headers had gone in in the first half. Oh, yeah. like, that was freakishly unlucky from a Georgian point of view. The first header, both of them within a few seconds of each other. The first one, a thunderbolt against the underside of the bar. And actually the second one I thought was quite a clever header because it was, it was nothing much to aim at. And he just sort of lofted one over to the far, far post. Yeah. Managed to take out our smallest player in the meantime. <laughs> poor Shamie Coleman there on the back stick. Couldn't quite reach it. And thankfully it nudged in, uh, away off that post as well. Yeah. It was uh, it was very unlucky. I just remember the whole team just watching, you know, everyone just frozen, watching this ball loop gently. That's going in. Oh, it's off the post. And, I mean, at that stage you wondered if if Ireland had conceded that goal, did they, was that almost what they needed to sort of mm. jolt them into life? I mean, obviously... I still would, I, to be honest, I would still would say that Ireland would have won the game, even if those maybe, goals were going you know, in, you know? Could have, could have ended up having a bit of a breakdown out there. If... Uh, <laughs> You know, my God, we actually need to score now. We're going to lose to these guys. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it worked out okay. You just have to assume it's have to hope. Assume is the wrong word. Hope that it's going to get better. But you know, the individually, the players need to get better. Shane Long, you know, the, he's he's in a tricky phase at the moment. Mm. What's going to happen here? I th- he he's you know this. It's obviously an unnaturally long spell for a striker without scoring. Um, now, uh, you know, Southampton obviously have noticed the new manager doesn't necessarily seem all that impressed. Um, so how's he going to how's he going to deal with that? You know, I think sometimes he's I don't know if, uh, how confident he is necessarily in his own ability. He may have a well-founded skepticism about his own ability in some in some respects. Uh, you know, I mean, the TV three thing we we were talking about, you know, when he was on with like Lucy Kennedy. And he said in that to me, 
I only took up the soccer. What's he? <laughs> he was 13 or something. It was like two years later, he was at Reading. Yeah, I was actually going to be even older than 13. It was some mental age to be taken up a sport. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's no, just... it's just my dad brought me, or whoever it was, somebody brought me down to... Uh, down the pub, or at the pub, and the guy said, oh, I, hear you, I hear your son's good at sport. Yeah. He to... was a sporting uh, polymath. We've, we, we've heard this. Handball, basketball. Oh, yeah. Uh, hurling, obviously. It's just you don't, you don't have too many of them usually in football. Most of them are specialists from an earlier... Or at least are playing football from an early age. Yeah. Like it, it, the fact that alongside it, others, it honestly sounds like he wasn't even kicking one around, the, kicking a ball around the, the field, or yeah. you know whatever. It, it's it seems as though the first time he kicked the ball in anger, within the first time he kicked the ball in anger, but three years later he was playing professional football. Yeah, but you know, it's I mean, he's obviously got like he's he's the best athlete in the Irish team. Clearly, he's usually the best athlete on the field when he's playing, and that that even happens in the Premier League, which is full of really good athletes. Um, it's you know the touch, touch is the is the is the part that you know is that he that he doesn't really have. I think he's gotten better at that though, and he he explained last year that Cumin was very good for him and kind of teaching him how to position himself so that he's not constantly forcing his midfielders and defenders into playing long balls over the top. Yeah. That he that he does take the ball into feet, does control the ball in his chest. Uh, with his back to goal a little bit more and he has improved that side of the game although yeah. we didn't see much of that last night if any no, I mean what we saw last night was you know he's he's still working hard like you know I was saying the very first minute he's right over you know let's run and chase these guys and he's and he's kind of conscientiously doing all of you know following all his instructions but not really playing with real confidence he doesn't look like he believes he's going to make something happen and neither do the neither do the players he's up against and this is something he's going to have to sort out you know, I mean, it's uh, he's obviously in a, in a good position career-wise. He's contracted up to the max. Everything is good from that point of view. But um, this is this is he's going to have to find a way out of this difficult situation. Well, he's got at least as much pace as James Coleman, so I don't see why he can't take a ball to a byline and start a series of one-twos with defenders until eventually he walks the ball in over the line. <laughs> what, a, what a goal! What a goal! Such a weird goal. I mean, you're looking and going, when is this, when is this going to end? I mean, I'll, Coleman I'll, is clearly going for a cutback. Oh, he has. Oh, what's. Oh. And then, then there's just a convergence of bodies in the goal mouth. And then you see the Ireland players run off celebrating. It's Our like, friend, the number five, helped quite a lot, I think. He got at least one little. He, wall Coleman passing. played two, two one twos off number five's shins. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I was actually. I was watching it. Uh, Richie's attempt to describe what had happened reminded me of. Uh, Kevin Costner as Jim Garrison in uh, JFK describing the trajectory of the magic bullet Back that, that, into the left. <laughs> so basically, there were all these lines going all over the place. Then ridiculous ricochets off various objects, and yeah. then the ball ends up in the, the one the of the goal. journalists there. I mean, it was three one twos, three accidental one twos by Coleman. Um, and one of the journalists, I, can't, I don't know if I can say his name because it's kind of insulting to Irish players, but he said... OK, well, you don't need to say his name. An unnamed Irish journalist. Unnamed Wisely, Coleman, choosing to play his one-twos with the Georgian players <laughs> on, on his way through. Uh, no way that ball is coming back to him off his teammates. Um, but, uh, and eventually, literally ran the ball into the net. Um, First goal for Ireland. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly. Good celebration. Coleman is very intense, isn't he? Oh, mm. yeah. He is an intense man. Uh, it's good to see. Even at the end, he was... Who was he whacking across the face? Shane, uh, was it Duffy? Yeah, he went over to Duffy. He loves and, a bit of that. I didn't see yeah. him do this. Did he, did he, what did he do? He got in yeah. Duffy's face and started smacking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like he at the end of the game that. and 
I mean, obviously, it was just like, right, okay, we've played terribly, job done. But Coleman was still giving it loads to, to Duffy with face slaps as well. Yeah. Was, was it, was it, did it look like he was encouraging him or, or chastising him? I don't know. The angle of their respective heads was such... Coleman is about a foot smaller. Yeah, yeah. It, it appears. He's a big, big man. <laughs> He's a giant. He's an absolute giant. So it kind of looks like, you know, if somebody's like small, but like waving their finger at someone, you know, way high above them, it does kind of seem a little... It's hard to judge the the exact tone there. He loves he loves it though. I mean, he's, he loves that screaming into into teammates' faces. I mean, I remember him doing McCarthy in the Lille match against mm-hmm. Italy. I remember McCarthy had had headed a ball away or, or cleared a ball from penalty area, and Colin was like, "Yeah," straight into his face, like sort of hoping to penetrate the kind of fog, water off the fog <laughs> that seems to surround surround. Uh, James McCarthy, but yeah, I've seen him do it. Into a war award. I don't want you to watch, get into a war award. You watch um, uh, Everton. Sometimes you'll you'll often see Everton goal celebrations, and Coleman is first there, and he's always screaming directly into the face of whoever it is, or or, or sometimes smacking them, like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was a nice goal, smack." You're like, what? "What? I don't, I don't really understand what he can be saying." At those moments, James McCarthy, I remember asking him what he was saying. Oh, he, I think he said, oh, he, "I think he was just trying to get me going." Uh, although he didn't say the what the precise words were, so they they need to mic up. They need to mic up these players, or at least some referees. Referees need to be mic'd up. They are mic'd up, but we need to get those audio feeds and collect a load of them before the players realise that it's happening. Yeah, and make a documentary of that. That's what that's what has to happen. So Jeff Hendrick is suspended, much to his and Martin O'Neill's annoyance. They were pretty furious. It looked like that he got booked. It was the yellow card, though. Yeah, they didn't seem to think it was, but it looked yeah, like a bit of a high was. foot studs up. I so, thought it was a stupid challenge. Yeah, so he's gone. Presumably Robbie Brady won't be able to play, and hopefully he gets better quickly. Who else have we got? I don't know. James McCarthy, I think, might struggle to play a second game. In He said afterwards he's available for selection, but the, he'll probably, he might well have to play, given that a lot of the other midfielders are injured. O'Neill was asked about Harry Arter immediately after the game. Any chance he could make it? And O'Neill didn't think so. Subsequently, I think at the press conference, O'Neill was asked, well, will he be back at all? There's this big rumour floating around that Harry Art is going to declare for England again. Uh, yeah, but I think it's just a rumour. I think it is just a rumour. Um, I saw that George Culkin uh, from the Times was just tweeting shortly, a short while ago that, uh, don't worry, this, not, he didn't say don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, I'm sure there'd be no man more delighted than England's George Culkin. To see uh, Harry Arter, English George, as he's known. English George. Well, he's not. He, he, <laughs> George Culkin isn't known as English George. George he, John Bull. He has Culkin. covered. He has covered the Ireland team for many, many, many years, uh, and yet still hasn't shaken off that nickname. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, he, he. He reckons it's not true. I don't think it is true. Although you know, it's. Um, I mean, where where did it come from? It's difficult to pinpoint. No, he's played can. friendlies, obviously, but that doesn't matter. He can still declare for England if he hasn't played a competitive game for Ireland. Yeah, I mean, there was this conversation between Jeff Sterling and Paul Merson uh, on Sky Sports, whichever channel. Um, Why not? Why not Harry Arter for England? Yeah, Jeff Sterling, literally. There, it's one of these ones where they just have to increasingly churn out more and more content. I'm like, you guys, like Jeff Sterling and Paul Merson sit there for like five hours in a studio talking for five hours about, about the day's football, why do they also have to do another video, a video, like an iPhone video of them sitting in their office talking about football? Why are they doing this? Well, why? I, I'm sorry, I've, I'm not aware of this uh, 
<clears throat> this latest venture. Well, it was it, it was it was like literally just <clears throat> Jeff Selling sitting at like his office, like open plan office, sitting at his com- at, at a computer uh, with like some papers and stuff on the desk in front of him and some notes, and Merce sitting at a you know kind of lounging back in his chair just next to where next to where um, mm-hmm. Merce didn't look like he had a desk of his own. I don't know if he's got a, if he's got his own desk in a different uh, section. This stage, I'd be surprised if he didn't. But they're sitting there talking about like uh, football. I'm like, why? When is Sky going to let Jeff <laughs> Selling and Paul Merson off this hamster wheel? Do they? <laughs> they produce more hours of television than any you know per week than almost anyone else in the business. And here they are talking on an iPhone video <laughs> about the same stuff they would talk about on air. And Jeff Selling goes, you know, Bournemouth. He, he says, I'm like Bournemouth, you know, great place. You know, Harry Harder in particular, you know, playing really well. Um, why has he not been called up for England? You know, is there any reason, if not, why not, kind of thing? What, like, what's what's going on? How how can he have been overlooked? And Merce obviously doesn't realise, or he if if he does, he doesn't mention. Well, he's actually been in the Ireland squad for coming on for two years now, and you know he's played three games for Ireland, and he he played last month for Ireland in, in Dublin in a friendly game, and you know it looks as though he's 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 gone a fair way down the old Ireland road at this stage. <laughs> you know, Merce didn't say that. He just said, well, you know, Wilshire. Wilshire says he's one of the best players he's ever played with. He's played with some top, top draw footballers. Um, so it's like, okay, do they not know this or do they know something we don't know? That's That was kind of the question. Uh, and nobody, it was a low information environment last night. When Martin O'Neill was asked about that in the press conference, his reaction was just total, uh, there was an, a, a total absence of any reaction. He just looked back very levelly and said, I don't know anything about it. And I thought, wow, he's... You know, he doesn't look surprised at all. You know, maybe he does know something about this. But, you know, he, he was saying, look, I, you know, search me. You know, it's the first I've heard of it. And I think that may actually be the uh, case. I hope so, because he's been bloody brilliant Anytime I've seen him for Bournemouth lately. Yeah. One of the best players, Jack Wilshere's. Yeah, that's, that's he's certainly played true. With some, he's played with some of the greats. Short-term changes for Sunday, I guess, with the potential suspension, the injury of... Brady, suspension of Hendrick. Well, Brady, what? I assume, will have we'll to be, be gone. Out, yeah. Yeah, so where I mean, that, that was interesting, actually, on the, yeah. the press conference, just when, Sorry, it came, yeah, yeah. when it came up with the Brady. I mean, Brady was knocked out. You could, you could kind of see that. I remember tweeting something about him being unconscious. People say, oh, he's not unconscious. Although they may have thought I meant he was carried off, still unconscious, mm. when in fact he had regained consciousness. But he did get knocked out cold, which O'Neill confirmed after his... <clears throat> and he also used the word concussed. Uh... He was asked. See, the, the NFL are much better at this. Knocked up on the plays. The uh, <laughs> le- let's not rule out anything in or out about this player's future availability to play for us. Well, uh, well, Martin O'Neill, uh, if he was if he was trying to play that game, certainly used all the wrong words. Knocked out cold, unconscious, concussed. <laughs> <laughs> Has been taken to hospital. Ah, uh, yes, the protocol bingo card. Pretty much <laughs> full there. The whole, the whole thing just filled out. Um, uh, but. I mean, he was asked, it was a question which basically mentioned protocols, and O'Neill's kind of like, mm, yeah, I have to check that, you know? I mean, what are the protocols? In, in football, they don't seem to be as... There are none. ...defined as they are. Well, see, the do problem... Do you want the, to come the, back on, or do you really want to come <laughs> back the problem okay, of fo- on? Okay, The problem with football, for example, the FA brought in a load of new protocols, I think it was before this season started, to cover the Premier League, which that doesn't cover international football necessarily, yeah, so yeah. it's kind of... A tricky one in football, trying to get everyone to do the same thing and to think the same way about I'll, a topic that yeah. a lot and, of people think again, about anyway. Yeah, speaking from a position of total ignorance, the idea that he would travel to Moldova and play just doesn't sound uh, right to me. After you uh, know, uh, if uh, he'd uh, been knocked uh, out, 
then I, you know, regardless regardless of, of whether there's a protocol to follow or not, yeah, I don't think it's a very good idea for Robbie Brady to play that game on Sunday. Uh, no, yeah, I'm I'm sure he won't. So then it creates the, um, it creates opportunity for Hulahan to come back in uh, and show and this. Whelan. And Glenn Whelan, because even James McCarthy, the whole the whole midfield might be out of you know, um, and so then I guess we get to see what they can, uh, what they can offer. Well, hopefully we can stuff the Moldovans. I saw the highlights last night on TV. Serbia beating three nil. Mm. Wales and Austria drew two all. It, that was being some pres- good goals in that game. Yeah, that that's kind of presented as potentially a good result for Ireland, but we don't know any of this until we see how the group pans out because it could be that you want yeah. one team to run away exactly. with the I mean, group I, victory. You're, not, you're never sure about it. I don't things. think we want that. No, I think I think we want the automatic qualification. I think we want to, want to be first in the group. Well, I think a draw is good. At this stage in the group, that's a good result for us because they, it means they get two points between them instead of one, one of them getting three. Get There's that, only two points coming out of that game. Yeah, That's good. Uh, if all the games between the other teams finished like that, we would qualify in first place. I'm confident. <laughs> Um, yeah, but for example, were Austria to lose that game and also go and maybe lose to Serbia on Sunday, they'd be gone already. You know, so you could so Sar- there's just different ways of looking at it. We might be as well because because you know, so with Serbia and Wales racing streaking away ahead of us. I mean, you need to finish in the top two to have any chance. Mm. It's not like the Euros, and yeah. and the second the, the the playoff spot is, you know, you're still we're we're still less than fifty fifty. Going through if if we finish second in the group, I think. Um, <laughs> well, only one team doesn't get through. Only one second place team doesn't get through. It's to the playoff. To right? the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, what I'm saying is, oh, we we'll lose qualify. the playoff. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's so we're it. not actually we're not even fifty fifty this time. We're fifth. We're about we're about forty five fifty five because we mightn't even be in the playoff. We might we <laughs> mightn't be in the playoff, and if we get to the playoff, we we probably won't get through it uh, because it's a higher it's a higher standard really than the than the Euros for that playoff yeah. uh, in the playoff round. So. I think yeah, I think at this early stage, probably <laughs> best for us to just focus on rowing our own boat. Yeah, that's where our own boat and uh, beat Moldova and take it from there. We've got a scumbag in our midst. I've got a call here that says you're the most boring, predictable, condescending interviewer around. Go back to lecturing. You have the charisma of a sick bag. Oh God, that's just I just wow. mentioned not you, no me. Okay, ain't nobody fucking with my click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my mom. We don't normally click, broadcast all click, the, the stuff that click, comes from scum click, around the country. Click. Today's scumbag, Shane Byrne. Ah, oh, Shane, you are a giant scumbag. Dear second captains, I love the show, but I feel I can no longer remain silent after listening to last week's segment hailing diabetics in sport, or as they should be called, sporting dopers hiding in plain sight. <laughs> oh, this is going to get a reaction. Like, yeah. If the taking of medication <laughs> in this instance is not a form of doping, I don't know what is. If these supposed sporting achievers performed without taking their insulin, they may deserve plaudits. However, in light of Ken's attack on that glorious night of the realm, Mr. Bradley Wiggins MBE or whatever he is, for taking medication to correct his own inherited affliction, I feel it only right to balance the scales. It may, of course, be that these diabetics avail of TUEs, no doubt abusing that loophole in the process, but still I think that should be made clear when Ken feels a need to praise them. And in the absence of proof they're TUE, then we can only put ask the same questions of them as we would of dopers. I will leave this with you for your undoubted future examination and thought when presenting these guys as heroes to the youth of today. Keep up the otherwise good work, says Shane. Ken, are you are you a doper? Have you ever doped? Have you got a TUE in place? Well, I use, I use bands. I use this substance on the water band list every single day. Incident? Yeah. Pretty brazen, don't you think? Yeah, I, I do it sometimes walking down the street. <laughs> Literally walking down the street. Literally, I, I, uh, I walk down the street, I, uh, I open my bag, pull out, pull out a syringe, ingest a grab substance, pull up my my shirt, grab my paunch, <laughs> plunge the needle in, in full view of passersby. 
They try not to look. I yeah. can see them looking. Yeah, they look. I'm sure they look. I can see them looking. How can you not look? I think I'm shooting up in the street. They don't. People don't know. People don't understand what's going on. Uh, but yeah, I, I use it, and and, and uh, you know, if what I have a problem with it, they can turn off the station. Former All Blacks, <laughs> Dan Carter and Joe Rockethoko. You've heard this story. Yeah. yeah. Gave drug tests which showed anomalies before this year's top 14 final, says French newspaper Le Keep. Not forgetting their Argentinian teammate Juan Imoff, who was also caught in the operation. We're back in the World Cup semi-final, everyone. <laughs> Carried Boot out up. by the French anti-doping agency. Uh, okay, so this is what they say. This apparently the surprise tests were conducted under bilateral agreement between France and Spain because the final was held in Barcelona. Uh, an Auckland-based player agent, Simon Porter, he represents these two players, the two New Zealanders. He says that they had a TUE. There's no problem at all. They had a TUE and al- that allowed them to use corticosteroids. We were reassured that there was nothing to worry about. There was no wrongdoing. There was no case to answer for, he told TV New Zealand. It's just a therapeutic use. Cortisone is a common drug used to treat pain and inflammation. Carter had a calf injury and Rockethoko had a knee problem. Porter added the players have been blindsided. He says the boys had been told that they had nothing to worry about. They're not enjoying the attention. But they're pretty relaxed about it all because they're confident that everything is in order and everything is fine. The Keep also said, by the way, just an additional detail, that once the French Rugby Federation were alerted by the anti-doping authorities, they had 40 days to investigate the players who all had pretty big roles in Rossing's win over Toulon in that final. And then if the probe failed to find a medical reason for the corticosteroid use, they could face disciplinary action. Mm. So pretty huge story, especially... You know, if you're waiting for the, the kind of big news doping story or or uh, drugs and rugby story to emerge, no, Dan Carter, Dan Carter <laughs> being one of the names involved is is probably no harm for the for yeah. t- titillation purposes. But no, it's it's uh, yeah, it's like Ra- and Rassing have said that the the players didn't need TUEs, uh, which is you know completely baffling as well. I mean. Uh, have you got a, have you got a Rassing statement there? Or? Uh, Rassing, however, said the this is the Guardian. Rassing, however, said the players did not need TUEs, which allow athletes to take banned substance for verified medical needs and are signed off by sports federations. Those were treatments administered in response to legitimate medical conditions several games before the top fourteen final, and that did not require TUEs. The club said in a statement, "All the medical protocols are clear. Transparency will be total." Well, transparency might... Might want to have informed their players' agents who said that they yeah. have the TUEs that are not necessary and that Racing obviously didn't apply for. The TUE thing struck me as kind of strange in the first place because of that detail that the anti-doping agency were going to give the Federation 40 days to look into what was going on here. Because surely if they had applied for TUEs, then that would be down. The agency would know about this. They'd go, oh, anomaly, TUE, tick that off, done. So it did strike me as a little, why would it take 40 days to work out whether or not a player has a TUE for a substance yeah. that's found in their test? So that was kind of weird. The hilariously overly relaxed tone of the agent also struck me there as well. Oh, the boys are, you know, they're not happy about the attention, but they're, they're trucking on. We'll, we'll all be fine here. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, you guys think this is news? <laughs> oh, oh, man, sorry. Uh, you know, it, it couldn't be simpler. I've explained it for you here as best I can. That's amazing that their agent is saying that there was a TUE and that the club is saying, no, it's Something not a TUE. Completely it's, different. It's, completely, it's just a completely legitimate medical procedure that is that is totally allowable. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a strange, strange case. It took, it took so place... I to say TUEs is... They, they've, they've had a rough month, TUEs. <laughs> the, whole, the whole TUE industry has had a rough time of it. Mm. Uh, and I think... Uh, I mean, I saw someone on, on Twitter today... Uh, just calling for the IRFU. I mean, I've seen know, a lot of people doing this, uh, calling yeah. for the IRFU to release the TUEs. Just right, say just, whatever players. Okay, we don't have to do it, but here goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing about it is, it's like people still have the 
ben, like Ben Johnson and the you know East European swimmers, the hmm. East German swimmers, kind of gave people the idea of what doping meant. And Lance, you know what I mean? But it's not necessarily, it's not always like that. You know, to a large extent, uh, you know, barren or the kind of doping, illegal doping, it involves using, like like Dan Carter saying or whatever, um, cortisone. Cortisone is like a medicine, you know what I mean? It's, it involves using stuff to kind of ease the pain of training and playing, um, which, you know, in, in kind of non-competitive circumstances, there's nothing would be considered to be wrong with that. It's just that these substances happen to be illegal. Like, they are performance-enhancing because they enable you to recover from your aches and pains faster than you otherwise would have been able to do. And we've decided that that's illegal. You know what I mean? This is, most doping is, is that kind of doping. Rather than the, I'm going to take this stuff and build myself up, up into kind of a superhuman, you know, Ben Johnson, Lance Armstrong type yeah. thing. It's, it's, it's more about management of your pains uh, to sort of allow you to train more and play more. And that's, that's what it actually is. And I, Yeah, it's weird because like, I think if there's a PR battle to be to be fought here on behalf of TUEs, then let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, let's have someone come out and say, right, here are all the TUEs we use. This is why we use them. And until we're told that it's illegal, we're going we're gonna to do it. And you can actually fight that. You can make that case and you can fight that case and win that case. Mm. But I mean, I think that ev- everyone just kind of sticking their head in the stand and saying, oh, only after we've been caught will we say, oh, oh now you'll hear about TUEs. You yeah. know? Like, I, I think that that's the... That's the problem with it. And I mean, rugby has such a huge, like rugby have a, has a couple of gigantic problems that they need to face down really quickly. We were talking about concussion yesterday with Matt Williams. That is a huge problem that they're just muddling along with. And I fear that they're going to do the exact same thing with with doping. Mm. That you know, we're just this is just going to keep rolling and keep rolling and god Dan Carter was mentioned and drugs was mentioned, but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's I'm sure it's no big deal. Mm. I mean, there is a sport tailor-made for doping, and it's yeah. rugby. Yeah. What? It's all about finesse. <laughs> <laughs> never saw, never saw a drug that can uh, kick uh, a long-range drop yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but I mean, they, they have to get out ahead of this, and you know, like, they do have a chance. I mean, if it's a sport for, it's a sport for thugs, but played by gentlemen, Ken. Yeah, and they have a chance to show the gentlemanly way to go about this, and that's to. Go above and beyond the rules. Uh, that won't happen. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. That, uh, no, that, that, that is a well-put suggestion, but the counterpoint to that is the same one that was made in the wake of all the Fancy Bears leaks, and that is that it is potentially unfair on individual sports people, sorry, I mean sports people, whether they play with a team or individuals, just normal, just human beings, to have to release potentially parts of their medical history and their their current medical issues that they don't want out there nothing yeah. nothing to do with them trying to hide anything in, from a sporting point of view come down by two points don't think any of us like particularly want everybody pouring over our <laughs> medical records you know it's kind of a sacrosanct thing well if you've got nothing to hide on yeah exactly don't know what you've got in your closet oh, there, but... what's not there Murph? it's all those uppers but, uh, and downers yeah but I do think <laughs> but yeah so you know the point but is at uh, some uh, stage you, 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 uh, is it unfair to ask sports people at this stage to Give chapter and verse on what they on what they take and what their doctors prescribe that they take. Yeah, that's interesting because I think it's also unfair uh, on sports people who have never cheated to have 
the cloud of suspicion hang over them. And that outweighs the other other. I think that's concern. I think that's a that's a conversation that's going to happen pretty soon. And you know, like the I remember Bill Simmons writing something about this, oh, probably five or six years ago. Um, oh, his pee in a cup article was it? <sighs> yeah, yeah, I think that was it. I, when I, he when he kind of talked about ESPN me and sports fan me and he finally yeah, came yeah. around to the view that he has to start writing about doping and his suspicions and if you he yes, put, that's exactly yeah, put out yeah. various different criteria if you have recovered really quickly ridiculously quickly from a long-term injury pee in a cup if you have yeah. done blah 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 pee in a cup you know yeah. give us a test but and you know there is that's an argument you can make as well to be honest that you know the if you become an elite sports person you know you do you do give up parts of your parts of your life you know and that i mean if you're a premier league footballer you have to live differently to how you'd live if you weren't a premier league footballer uh and maybe that's just a price you have to pay i don't, like i don't know i don't know how i feel about it same way you have to be prepared to have a knock on your door at half five in the morning yeah and walk in and go to the toilet and possibly have a needle stuck in to get a blood test you, yeah. you might also have to be prepared to just release whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm far from sure about how I feel about it. But if if that's what it takes to to just to to stop this this kind of story, this kind of cloud hanging over a sport like rugby, that is fine. You know, this is like the last three or four years. This is happening. Rugby have a rugby have a chance now that cycling and athletics don't, mm. which is that they can create a culture in their sport that means you don't have to be doubting everything you see. It's too far gone with cycling and athletics and a load of other sports. But rugby, they actually have a chance right now to say, right, this is how we do it in rugby and for it to, to stick to some degree. And in the meantime, Racing Metro and Mr. Player Agent. Get your call. Get your no, head one straight. One phone call. Yeah, just to, just just to one message. all of the... Just one message is what you want coming out messages. about this particular topic. Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Oh, we'll be back Thanks on Monday. Sure, the game is at the Moldova game is on. We'll be back on Monday anyway, but we'll have the Moldova game to pour over. I'm sure it'll be equally as thrilling as last night's action. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 